0: You're listening to the Central Coast Weddings Podcast. Every week, we interview wedding experts to bring you the best advice, tips, and ideas for planning a beautiful wedding. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. My name is Mitch Siegley, and today I'm joined by Pete the Celebrant. He's a Celebrant based in Melbourne, and he's been officiating weddings for the last five years. Pete, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate uh, you spending the time to speak to us tonight. And I think we should start at the beginning. What's the role of a celebrant in a wedding?
1: Sure. Uh, I guess if we break it down to the very, the basic, that legal reason is to make, a celebrant's there to make sure you legally get married at the end of the day. They're, they should take you through the whole process of getting your legal documents organised beforehand and then at least on the day they take you through all the legal requirements, which I'm happy to talk about if you'd like, and then once the documents are all signed, send them off for you and let you know when you're married or even organise that final marriage certificate for you. So I guess at the end of the basics, uh, it's to making sure you get married. Um, yeah, right hopefully a good celebrant will do a little bit more than that and they'll actually make uh, an incredible experience for the couples and for their friends and family. Uh, And I think that's important, particularly these days with weddings because a lot of people, when they go to weddings, they know they have to go through this 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes of a ceremony before they get to you reach the party which is the reception when you've got the drinks and the food and the dancing and it's sort of like people rock up it's like we just go through this and then we get to go to the the good stuff where I feel like a lot of celebrants are doing their best to make sure that that 30 minutes is actually an experience that the couple and friends and family thoroughly enjoy and I feel like when I say the word to like like perform or entertain can sound a little bit cheesy or a little bit um, sort of clownish. I don't know why I think that. But if you have everyone pretty much like if you're entertaining them in a way you're you're getting them engaged. And when you're involved, when you are engaged in something, it's like when you're watching your favorite TV show. You're not thinking about how long this is taking. You're not timing it. You're just. Involved. You're involved with it. You're enjoying with it. You're laughing along with it. You're crying along with it. You're just, you're, you're in the moment. You're not worrying about what's going on. And for me, that's what I know. I've done a good job, is when people are they're laughing or they're kind of like, oh, that's beautiful. Like they're getting involved in these moments because they're involved in this story. They're involved in what's actually happening rather than thinking about, man, I can't wait for this to end, and we can finally get to the reception. So Yes, I guess to start with the basics, a celebrant at least makes sure the couple are married. But I think a good celebrant should make sure that it's an incredible experience. And thankfully, Australia has a whole bunch of incredible celebrants.
0: Yeah, wow. What, what are some things that you think the really great celebrants do specifically to help captivate and engage with, a, with wedding guests?
1: I think every celebrant has their own, probably own little specific niche and their own uh, quality. I think for some celebrants, their writing would be their thing, you know, they're particularly good writers and they might be quite uh, creative in what they do, you know, so they might be, they might make stuff, the whole thing rhyme or something. Um, For other celebrants, it's their performance and it's their uh, charisma, having everyone involved in that. And that's, probably more my strength. My strength is not the writing side, although I do enjoy that, that avenue of it. Um, but for me, it's, it's being able to take that what I've written and share that in such a way that people are enjoying it. And I like to have that. For me, it's having a little bit of balance of um, sentimentality along with that humour um just keeping that nice balance and you know making sure it's enjoyable so i think probably writing and the um performance piece you know i think a good seller is going to aim for both you go, you know you want to be strong in both areas but i feel like probably each seller will definitely be a little bit better on either side um and then if a seller is really good, they can also be on top of their marketing stuff. And when you look for them, all oh, their Instagram is perfect and the website is amazing. Uh, and you just want to make sure that I think their performance side and their writing side is, is definitely as strong as all the other marketing stuff they put out as well.
0: When you talk about writing there, what are you referring to?
1: So what I'm referring to is probably particularly writing the couple's story Um for most of my couples that I meet with and we look at, well, what are we going to say? Um, and if you can hear a high-pitched squeal behind me, it's only because it's my dog going nuts because someone's just come back home. Um, so, for me, it's, it's writing the story. But it could also be uh, writing, you know, particularly introduction and it could be um, most couples, I think, feel want their short story to be shared because that's that's what the wedding is about. Um, if you go to, well, particularly if you're, you're getting married by a civil celebrant, if you're getting married by a religious minister, um, you're probably going to have a religious aspect um, come forth in that. Uh, and I've had that. I've had couples who are um, probably more, you know, those of a Christian faith, Christian background, um, and, you know, I've been sharing how their faith is important to them and why it's leading to their choice of getting married. Um, but I'd say for most of my couples, it's it's writing their story and it's taking, it might be sharing for their origin story, how they first met, um, you know, they met at a bar or they met on Tinder or uh, if they don't want to say they met on Tinder, you can say something, try to be a little bit creative and you can say, you know, they swipe their way to a, to a bar and, for those who will get it, they get it. And for those who like their grandparents who might not get it, it just goes over their heads and everyone's happy. Um, but it's about sharing, you know, origin story, uh, sharing how there's similarities and the differences and just really what, you know, uh, gives each other the shits, if I'm allowed to say that. But that's because that's sort of it's what relationships are like. It's about there's these aspects that you love and adore about this person and that there's, a, there's something about this person that stands out from everyone else, but it doesn't mean that they're not really going to get under your skin at certain times. Um, that's about being in that relationship. Um, then there's, you know, you're writing about uh, the proposal story and what that was like and why they're making this decision and why they're getting married. Uh, yeah, so you, there's a few different areas you can touch on with each couple. And I think it's you, learn, you know what area to emphasise of their story depending on what the couple want. And that's just asking a few questions, seeing what they share with you and seeing what uh, is most important to them as well. Uh, and a good celebrant hopefully will be able to take that information and prepare it in mm-hmm. such a way that it just really hits a nail on the head. With everyone here, when they listen and hear that story, it, it just sounds so genuine from the couple.
0: When you've you've booked in a couple, how long and how do you find out the story that you're going to tell?
1: Yeah, so when I book in a couple, uh, I first, we meet around three to four months beforehand. Uh, So couples might book 12 months, 18 months before, probably very much like yourself. You know, there's there's a a long wait normally. Uh, We meet three to four months beforehand. We sign the first legal document. And for myself, I just sit and chat. And, you know, I'm just like, hey, how long have you been together? And I have my laptop open with me and I just try to keep it a really general conversation. And normally we have a few drinks with us and it's just them just reminiscing and just sort of delving back in, in to what it was like. And for some couples, that was five years ago. For some other couples, it was more than 10. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, tell me about what it was, you know. How did you first meet? And try to get this really big, good understanding. And you know, you know, what were you, What was your first impression? You know, was this? Um, some people at the same school. Were you in the same year? Were you in different years? Uh, some people went to the same school, same class, weren't friends at all. When they left school, they became really close friends, and then you know they got engaged. So you're just trying to find out this really big picture of how did you meet? Um, so for me, it's it's having this conversation. It's finding out for me their origin story. Taking that into uh, was like, you know, was there a moment where it became a, you know, was there a formal question of will you go out with me? Or was it just like we just kept hanging out all the time and we just were a couple? Uh, And then it goes into I'm looking at similarities and differences, what do they like to do together, um, how... Uh, What are the, you know, how are they similar? Like are their values in that similar? Looking at differences and what, you know, what annoys each other or just what's different? And all of that, and then I'll ask their proposal story and why they're getting married and is there anything looking forward to, you know, once they are married. And I'm just trying to get a really big picture of who they are. Then I'll take that back and I'll find a flow and I'll put it together and I like to send it to my couples because I want them to feel comfortable with what I'm going to say Um, but I do let them know that it's going to be different Uh, for me I pretty much memorize my couple stories to share them because I feel like that comes out more genuine
0: yeah wow can you assist people with writing their vows
1: yeah 100% Uh, I think Vows, people can get really get a little bit stressed out about. So of like I've only got this one opportunity to share these vows with this, you know, with my, uh, with my partner, and I uh, don't want to stuff it up. So I first send my couples a document where I have, I give them examples of what other couples have used. Uh, I've googled a whole bunch because I figure that's what most people will do. So I'm like, here are some already pre googled for you, and then I take them through some other examples of what they could do. Um, an example could be you may want to use like the, um, uh, the sentence, I promise, you know, and you might have like five I promise to um, or and then you might want to keep it a surprise. And so if people are keeping it a surprise and they don't want to share it with each other, I'm happy to be that third party that they send it to. And I when I'm double checking it. Yes, I'm making sure grammatically if it's there, uh, but it's more, you know, is it similar length? Is it uh, similar depth? And I think it's just to make sure that you don't want someone to go up there a couple and it's someone's gone, gone for something really funny and humorous and their partner's gone for something really deep and sentimental and it just sort of feels like, oh, they haven't really, doesn't feel like it blends well together. So it's trying to just to make sure that, you know, yeah, it's, similar in everything, and but again, you've got to take it back to the couple because it might be that the way their personalities are different, their vows fit perfectly for them, and that's actually going to sound most genuine. And so it's it's trying to find that mix of, well, is it most genuine to them, and is there anything, anything I need to recommend for them to change? And I personally find there's actually not that many times I do need to recommend something. Most people nail it first go. Uh, and sometimes I might make a suggestion of length and all that, but it's normally they're they're pretty on top of it. And I just recommend if you're going to do a surprise with your partner with vows, talk about length, whether it be a few paragraphs, one page, one sentence, um, and then if you want to keep it a surprise, always happy to be that uh, third party.
0: From a more practical wedding planning perspective, how long roughly does the ceremony go for?
1: Uh, Ceremony pretty much goes for 30 minutes, I would say, like on on average. Uh, But that's 30 minutes of from the very first moment, at least with, you know, with mine, that I would open my mouth and, you know, welcome everyone to the bridal groom walks down the aisle, to sharing the story, the monotone, vows, rings, you might then have a pause in there where they sign the documents and then you come back and you pronounce them both. They walk down the aisle. That's 30 minutes. So it's not 30 minutes of me waffling on about nonsense and everyone's like, Will this guy shut up? It's like it's a full 30 minutes. But but you can shorten that. Like I've probably the shortest ceremony I've ever done was about 15 minutes. And we welcomed everyone, played the music, the bride walked down. I shared about two paragraphs, or if that of their story. And jumped into their vows, rings, pronounced them down there. They walked down the aisle and we signed their documents later on. And they just wanted something as quick as possible. And I was like, cool. They were happy with it. I was happy with it. And it's really just about finding what does what does the couple want? Because um, some people do want a really short ceremony and they feel like standing up in fr- front of everyone is really awkward. Um, But it's also about, for some couples, they don't want to sell that moment short. They want to make sure it's as engaging as possible. They don't want it to drag on, uh, but they want to make sure that they and friends and family are getting the most out of it because they're really only planning doing it once. So they want to make sure they do it well and that it doesn't drag, but it is an incredible experience.
0: Planning a wedding is a massive task and it can be really hard to know when you should book each of your wedding vendors. You don't want to leave anything too late, otherwise you might have to settle for a company that's not quite right for you. Luckily, we've created a complete wedding planning timeline that tells you exactly when you need to book each of your wedding vendors. It'll give you the peace of mind that everything's on track and help you avoid forgetting anything important. The best part is you can download the complete wedding planning timeline absolutely free. Just head to sigley.com.au forward slash download or click the link in the description. Planning a wedding is super stressful, but having the right resources makes it that much easier. So download yours today. So crafting a really sort of engaging wedding ceremony is something that's important for you.
1: I think 100%. uh, It has to, I definitely have a, slight format to my writing and and all that and that's just something that's developed I feel naturally over years of what I feel works well in terms of a flow of sharing a story and someone's story will then change depending on what information they give me Uh, I'm pretty sure I've been given about one paragraph of information and they didn't really want me to say they sort of kept saying they would say something then say but that sounds too cliche so don't say that and I was literally left with one sort of like paragraph to write for this story and I was like, cool, leave it with me and I'll take it from here. Uh, where others I've walked away with pages of stories and for me then it's like well what's what's important here and what are the what's the sort of fluff? What do I need to cut off because it's like it was a nice story but if I share that story with everyone it doesn't actually build towards the message of why we're here. And why they're getting married, so you have trying trying to find a flow that is both informative, yet also entertaining, engaging for everyone. Uh, so yeah, I think it's pretty important to have something that's written well. I feel like my strength is probably more my performing. So uh, if I write something and I'm like, look, it's it's okay, it's it's good. I can, you know, I'm like, I've I've done the best I can do. For me, my uh, th- Things get cleaned up in that preparation beforehand. Um, for me, it's 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 about my prep. Like I'm going through this story on the day, you know, day before, trying to figure out how can I say this better, and I want to make sure that I've got some part that is that is humorous and that is funny and that will hit the mark. And I might just want to say, oh, I can. I might shorten this bit, or I'll put this here, and I'll just. It's just really just playing with the words and seeing what we can do. Uh and then thinking about how can I can I use my body sort of way to to make this story bigger or, or better or um, just to to make it as I've already said to keep it engaging. Um, so yeah, it's important to have something really well written, um, but then I think every celebrate then pushes to their strength, and for mine, it's it's then going okay, how can I turn what I've written and actually make it come alive rather than just reading it because, for me, that's – I want to do more than just read it.
0: Yeah, okay. How important is it for someone to find a celebrant who, I guess, their personalities match really well?
1: I think it's a fairly important uh, point. I think it, I think it's important for each couple to feel really comfortable with their celebrant. Uh, I think it's important because – you want to find not just celebrant, probably all wedding vendors you know wedding photographers dj if you've you've, you've got a chauffeur your car's there um if you have the right people around you on your day it's just going to make this the planning side so much easier and it's going to make the day so much less stressful because you've got people that you trust you've got people there who understand you um you know they've got that similar vibe and they'll just be able to help you on the day. In saying that as well, I think that's, while I think it's incredibly important, sometimes uh, you need to find out what's important to you. And I think that then becomes a budget thing. Um, So sometimes people will choose a vendor not because they feel particularly personally close to them or they, they connect with them, but they just want this part of the job done at their wedding. But the person itself doesn't really matter. Now, I love and I feel like I probably attract more couples who they want someone who they do gel with and who they do vibe with. Um, and I think that you're going to get a better result at your wedding if you find someone who is cut from the same cloth. It just has that 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 same you know, little personality quirks or just you're just on the same page with what you want for the wedding.
0: You mentioned budget a couple of times just in the last few minutes. How much can somebody expect to pay for a wedding celebrant?
1: Sure. This varies hugely. So I think the average wedding celebrant is around 700 dollars I have heard of celebrants doing it for like a couple hundred dollars. Uh, and I know of cel- a celebrant who charges $3,000. So there's... And then you've got all in between. You've got around the I th- most, I would say most, uh, and I would say good celebrants sit amongst a probably about 11 1200 to that $1,600 mark, somewhere around there. I would say that, and the reason you're going to find that is because these are celebrants who find that what they're providing is a pretty quality service and they are uh, confident to charge that much because they know they're going to get booked. And I think if someone's selling themselves short, oh, you've got to wonder why are they selling themselves short? And maybe for them, are they just trying to get – it's a numbers game. They're just trying to get as do as many couples as possible and it might more be more of a cookie-cutter ceremony. Um, and for some couples, if that's what they're after, fantastic. Go for it. Um, but I think that you can – I guess if you're shopping around, you'll probably find a, a celebrant to fit your price, Um which is again why I say it really depends on how much a couple budgets for it and how much they value the ceremony Uh, because some people just want the job to be done and then some really want that to be a unique point and a unique experience of their wedding compared to their friends. They want this to be something that is funny, that is engaging um, and is more than just the 30 minutes that everyone has to grit their teeth through.
0: Yeah, right. And I know that another service you offer is to MC at receptions. If somebody's tossing up whether or not to hire a professional MC for their reception, yeah. what would you tell them?
1: Sure. My first thing is it's like, well, if you've, if you have someone, whether it be a family member or a friend and they're confident and they want to do it and you trust them, go for it. Like why wouldn't you? It's just an expense. You don't have to bring into your wedding. Uh, if I guess the reasons why couples choose me to be their MC as well is one, I already built all that trust and rapport with all their friends and family in the ceremony. So it's, before we even get to the reception, everyone feels like they already know me. And it's nice to go to reception and people want to do shots with you. That's fantastic. Um, I don't normally do them or at least not till very later in the night. Uh, and particularly not if there's a wedding the day after, but it's it's nice to have that sort of trust and rapport built. So it's it's very much, you know, are they looking for someone because they don't want their friends and family to have to do something? Because if you, have, if you do give a task to someone, well, hopefully they do take it seriously enough that they're on top of things. They know what's happening. They know the time um, and the schedule and that. And to be at their best, um, that they're not going to get tanked at you know, the reception when they're trying to organise everything, uh, at least not early on anyway. Then for me, it's, and it's looking at the service and then what I can provide is I'm making sure that, yes, everyone knows what's going on and everyone knows when canapes are coming and entrees and uh, the dance and all that. Um, but I feel like that's a very little part of the night. Like it's, there's probably the, 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 the face sort of what valuable people see is someone's up there making sure everything knows what's going on. It's being that personality for the night, but it's actually working with all the other vendors and making sure that, cool, it's like speeches are at uh, eight o'clock. Fantastic. I'm going to tell everyone by, um, you know, uh, 7.40. Hey, guys, speeches are at eight o'clock. Just want to let you know, so you're already prepared. Uh, and for videographers, like there's nothing worse than if no one's told them and they're in the middle of eating their meal and all of a sudden they hear the MC go, so speeches are about to come up and they're like, they're not even in place. Um, so it's making sure everyone's got, you know, a lot of warning and it's working with the wedding reception venue as well. making sure, uh, A lot of the uh, timing for receptions is revolves around the kitchen and revolves around when the food is at its best, when it's ready, when it's going to come out. So if things are running late in the kitchen, then things need to be pushed back and a good MC should then help let everyone else know what's going on. So they're being that conduit of communication. And the same, if food is early, ready to go, we don't have to be cold. So it's it's sort of going like, cool, we can make this happen, letting everyone know what's happening and then things happen when they need to. Um, It's letting family and friends know as well, well, beforehand when they're doing their speeches seeing if they have any questions do they know where to stand do they know what mic they're going to get uh, are they bringing their own drink or do they want me to get a drink for them and then I find probably one of the most important things on the night is to make sure that the couple are being looked after some venues are fantastic and they will provide literally a staff member to look after them but I feel like it's also my job of the night to make sure that they've got a drink in their hand and they've had something to eat because on that night Everyone there wants to talk to them and it's fantastic. There's dancing and they're having fun, but you can also get really hungry and people just want to keep talking and you might want to have something to drink and you've paid for this whole bar and you don't have a drink in your hand and no one's offered you one. And I just feel like it's important to keep an eye open and make sure that they're having fun and that they're okay. Okay. Uh, So it's being that conduit of communication, it's looking after the couple, it's being that personality and the face for everyone, particularly after you've already built all that rapport with the couple.
0: Mm, So it's a real, I guess you're an extra pair of eyes and ears that can help make sure everything goes to plan.
1: Yeah. And look, I tell couples, it's like when I'm there on the night, something might need to be done or moved or... message needs to be shared and it's like you don't have to find someone who will do this extra thing for us like that's what you've got me there for i'm the MC to make sure that everyone knows what's going on but just as you said extra pair of hands and eyes if something needs to be done you've got me there for the night i'm here to help
0: certainly in 2020 and 2021 there's been a real shift towards much smaller weddings uh largely due to just the restrictions and rules do you think going forward that the average wedding size will be smaller, or do you think it's going to revert back to what it really was back in you know pre twenty nineteen?
1: It is a very good question. Completely speculative answer. I don't know, um, but part of me thinks people will actually go bigger. Uh, I think we've seen an increase in people's spending on luxury items and crypto and all that because. If people are able to keep their jobs, they've got more money to spend because they can't travel. Um, And I think with weddings, with people being particularly in Melbourne and Sydney and all that, if you're locked up in home, you're looking forward to a party. And uh, if you can get loved ones, you know, if you can have more of them to celebrate, you know, a wedding, why wouldn't people just go more all out? Uh, now there will definitely be people who are just going to say, "No, nah, you know what? We've realised we don't need to spend all that. Uh, we just want to have a smaller wedding." But I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards. I think people will actually go for bigger weddings, at least for a while, because having a party is important, and we're finally allowed to do it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, family re- reunions that are that are well overdue.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: We might conclude on a more personal note. How? What? How did you get into the industry? What made you become a marriage celebrant?
1: So I went through a pretty big shift in my own personal life. Um, so I used to be a youth pastor, used to work in a church, and uh, for me that was a great experience to and a great training ground to know how to you know, do public speaking and how to work, you know, work a room sounds like you know but just how to engage and keep people engaged particularly working with teenagers you're trying to keep a room of like 50 to 100 teenagers engaged in something you're talking about for more than 10 minutes you've got to really come up with some creative ways and um you know perform it in such a way that keeps people enjoying it um but when i finished up i just i personally changed uh i went through an identity change and um i just wanted to do something different i didn't feel like this role was where i wanted to be anymore but i had no idea what i was going to do uh, and it was actually another friend um who was working in church also a civil celebrant and they recommended you know what you'd probably be really good at this you would probably enjoy it um recommended being a civil celebrant so i looked into it i'd run a small business before uh, just you know lawns and gardens and i thought well that was pretty fun running that business I could still keep doing all my public speaking stuff, which I've always loved and I wouldn't want to lose that skill. Or So I was like, this really fits in with everything because I just love, I enjoy just sitting and hearing people's stories. Um, and then even more, so I love sharing those stories with everyone. That was a, it's a pretty awesome gig. So that's how I got into it. It was really just a shift uh, of my own self and I needed to, I was really wondering like, what am I going to do now? And this was just that uh, perfect next step
0: pete thanks so much for your time today if somebody wants to find you online learn more about you where can they go
1: yeah um well they can definitely find me at pete the celebrant you know dot com dot au they can find me on instagram the handle is pete the celebrant and i also have my own podcast which uh you know Clearly, if your couples and uh, listeners are listening, they're interested in uh, also planning a wedding. So like you, Mitch, I'm trying to help couples just plan a day the best they can and just know more information from all the other vendors. So the Wedding Guide podcast, they can definitely head over there as well and find me. Uh, Yes, that's where they can go.
0: And all of those links will be in the show notes. Thanks for supporting the podcast if you're planning a wedding and you want to stay organized, then the free resources that we have for download will help you out a ton. They'll make sure that you don't forget anything important and help keep you on track when you're planning a wedding. To download yours for free, just head to sigley.com.au forward slash download or click the link in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.